0: episode 20 of pop how do you tv in 2017 are you streaming are you cutting your cord what about your rabbit ears so many remotes and so many buttons oh no annie m annie m welcome to pop today we have (laughs) (laughs) i'm ken mills one of your hosts here today and today we are joined by tim powers
1: hi good to be back Ken.
0: and christian carlson wolf hi
2: guys it's good to be here again today we're going to talk about tv
0: and how you tv in 2017 but we have a big announcement pop's own courtney cronin dold is doing some stand-up comedy live she's doing a mini tour of the midwest in december if you are near these areas or have friends and family who are, please share with them and come out and see them. December 1st, Wichita, Kansas at the Crown Theater. December 2nd, Omaha, Nebraska at the Backline Comedy Club. December 3rd, Lincoln, Nebraska at the Zoo Bar. See Courtney Cronin, Dold, Brad Stewart, and others get out there and support our own Courtney. I know Jane Knight is taking some people to see Courtney, and I also know that Debbie Lang is going to see Courtney, so... It's going to be popping out there, and they'll probably be wearing their pop shirts, so that's going to be awesome. We love you, Courtney. Courtney will be back very soon on the next episode of Pop, as a matter of fact. We are doing a crossover with Rick Boucher and his show, Rick's Records. Courtney will be leading a discussion on something she loves very much in pop culture, Neil Finn. So look forward to that. It's going to be a great discussion with lots of great music. Before we get into our big discussion here on TV in 2017, let's play a song by Louis Prima Jr. and The Witnesses with my buddy Ryan McKay on guitar and A.D. Adams on drums, also of the Shabby Road podcast, so they're our brothers in arms here. And then we'll get right back to our discussion on TV 2017.
1: Take note, when it's all you inside Tell me what's wrong and what's right Or tell me who to eat, eat sleep with All that I want to be right Look no at her I'll tell you You're a superstar Two weeks and you're an all-time legend I think the game's gone much too far If the word's uncloken Get stuck in your throat mm-hmm. Send the treasure token every week on real spoilers what we do is we take that week's big release on the weeks that we guess right and we spoil it for you so if you saw a movie and you want to talk about it with your friends but maybe maybe you don't have any friends we can be your friends in podcast form we'll talk about the movie and rich Vibrant detail And it's kind of like A book club for movies Yeah We're just a bunch of Movie nerds Yeah And so it's just A long form conversation About the movie Going through its plot Talking about what worked And uh, a lot of times What didn't And making fun of it When it doesn't work And if you like the show Feel free to share it On uh, your Facebook Social media Twitter Verse Thing Stuff So that's what we do On Real Spoilers It's like a book club For movies Only with less Oprah
0: That was Real Spoilers. Check them out. The Real Spoilers podcast. Our good friends over there, Tom O'Keefe and the gang, doing it up. I recently listened to the Justice League episode. Was not disappointed. Check them out. How do you TV in 2017? We are joined by Tim Powers and Christine Carlson-Wolf. It's that time of year where we talk about fall TV. When the big issue of TV Guide comes out, you can go through it and see what all you want to try to check out this year. Do you guys remember getting those really big TV guys back in the seventies and eighties?
1: Not yes. only the big TV guide off the newsstand, but also the ones that would come in your daily or your weekly Sunday paper mm. that also had, uh, yeah, it was always a fun pastime, uh, to go through the list of shows and just cross them off as they were canceled. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, the San Pedro beach bums, four episodes done. All right. <laughs> What
0: about you, Christine? Did you like the big TV guides?
2: Absolutely. That was, you know, that was right up there with Archie Comics. You just sat and read it from cover to cover and planned your your nights, right? It was a big event for me. I would get that
0: thing and I would take paper clips and I would basically make this thing that I would keep all year long. And you would have all the new shows coming out. And you don't know if they're going to be any good or not. But I would read each description like, this is a new thing. And it really was like a doorway to another dimension, right? You were hoping that this show was going to be good. And I would basically take a marker and I would dog ear certain pages. And I would use paper clips as bookmarks. And it became a big event every time that those things came. Do they
2: still make them? They do make TV guides still. I know this because my 94-year-old mother that lives with me gets it. Wow. She, God bless her. She can do Twitter and Facebook, but uh, navigating all the hundreds of cable channels and figuring it all out beyond her. So she she gets the TV guide. And, yeah. Now, they're nowhere near as cool as they used to be back in the day. They're They're much thinner. They don't give you as much reading material. It's just basically here's the grid.
1: Do they still do cheers and jeers?
2: No. Well, that sucks. A jeer, a jeer to TV Guide, because they stopped with the cheers and jeers. I think we need
0: to explain to people what that was about. Tim introduced the concept to, to those who may not have caught onto that.
1: A TV Guide, being the cutting-edge journalistic bastion that it was, would often review uh, not only TV shows but the culture surrounding it and would give... Um, uh, cheers if they approved of something that happened. Cheers for the cast of Happy Days supporting Fonzie as he jumps over the shark in a very special episode. <laughs> or if they disapproved, you know, then it would be jeers for rebooting the monsters on a piece of crap called The Monsters Today.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> you you missed the opportunity to say jeers for Cheers for killing off. Bacarla's husband or whatever <laughs> they,
0: they killed off coach. Those bastards. <laughs> They're kind of were written into a corner there, <laughs> but I remember you would get when whenever the fall TV one would come out, you would get this really great glossy pick of the show and it's cast and it would be some sort of stage thing. And it would be like a little mini poster of, Whatever the show was about, like, for example, the Incredible Hulk would have the Incredible Hulk and Bill Bixby there, you know, Lou Ferrigno, and and they were all costumed up. And it was it was a really neat thing as a teen. I was always like, I wish I could make posters of these things. And there was a time when I used to pin them to my wall, you know, It it was it was really neat. But you could read the descriptions and they would sell. The show's in like a paragraph, maybe two at most, but they would sell the concept of the show. And we would get these like a week before they would put a lot of the promo stuff out. Because another thing that I don't even know if they do anymore, but they used to do the fall TV preview episodes. Yeah, they did. Yeah, those mm-hmm. are cool. Those were great. And they were done in two for two different things. There was primetime. So you would find out what was coming on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You get the idea. But then the big one for any kid was when CBS, ABC, and NBC would do their fall premiere show of the Saturday morning lineup. That yes. was gold to me. That was they like
1: were so cool and so weird.
0: Uh-huh. And they would usually do something like. There's one I remember. Burns and Schreiber were doing the ABC lineup and because they were doing super friends, they had Chuck Woolery before he became big as Superman. Right. Yeah. And and this is all available on YouTube, by the way. And not only that, a very young Rick Springfield who had a TV show on ABC where he had a, a dog and he was magic and he would do songs. And this was like five, six years before Jesse's girls that that was that's out there on youtube we'll have to post links in this show but
1: delightfully weird now we may have to back up and say okay burns and schreiber were a very popular comedy (laughs) team in the late 60s and early 70s consisting of jack burns who was first george carlin's comedy partner when he was in a double act and uh uh, jack burns also wrote uh the script to the muppet movie Uh and was the producer of abc's fridays yes the guy is a is a Absolute genius and a hermit. You can't interview the guy anymore, but the guy is just one of the most brilliant comedy minds uh in the of the 20th century. And Avery Schreiber, who uh was a member of Second City. Yes. Yeah, And then teamed up with Jack Burns to do uh, a series of, uh, of comedy bits. They were very popular on the Ed Sullivan show. And I had the opportunity to study with Avery Schreiber at the Avery oh. Schreiber Theater here in North Hollywood.
2: Wow. Um, before
1: he passed, he was just a magnificent fella. And yes, he still had the mustache. And no, he did not think Doritos jokes were funny.
0: No. (laughs) These guys were two pop culture icons for sure in the 70s. They may not have ever been really huge stars, but they were always involved in something. And I mean... They must
1: have worked cheap. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I thought they were big stars because they were on everything. Yeah. You know, as a kid, you don't know. And you just, oh, well, there's Burns and Driver again. Yeah.
0: And remember when Don Knotts left Mayberry... Oh, yeah. Oh, poor Jack Burns. Yeah, Jack Burns uh, filled in. And this is this is where we do the famous skid. you ready, Tim? Yep. You know what I mean? Huh? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, all right. <laughs> that was one of their big bits. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh. Okay. So that was... <laughs> Comedy gold, folks. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the pop players. Thank you. This is what you get when there are only three channels, kid. That's right. (laughs) And, you know, you bring up the only three channels. Look at the mess we're in now not only do we have like the what five major networks now now we've got the Netflix and the Hulu and CBS it's it's unbelievable how much TV that there is out there and and
2: there's nothing on yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's That's true true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it seems like it at times I I know that there are times I just imagine my poor grandmother stuck in this TV landfill that we're in you've got yeah everything from The Walking Dead to what have you and there's just nothing that makes any sense i like i remember watching old television shows where they'd say well did you put a bug on so-and-so's car and they'd go yeah i'm gonna go do that and then they would show the guy for like five minutes putting a bug in someone's car and then we'd show that guy driving around and you'd see something go beep 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 now that's all done just by the sheer fact someone says Make sure to bug the car. And it. we know there, all, all of that exposition is is unnecessary now. Everything's really fast and it, it moves so much quicker nowadays. I know that there are times when I watch 70s television, I cannot stand it. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Because it it's paced so slow? The glacial
0: yeah. pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you watch an episode of Riverdale or, or anything that's current and it's like, something's happening every second. You you really... Like, for example, Riverdale, we mentioned that. You right. cannot not watch that show. If you're on your phone much, right. you're going to miss so much, so many inside jokes or inside homages or something, but there's always something happening, and there is zero exposition. It just shifts from scene to scene to scene. They don't even do like a swipe or a sound. You're just they're they're sitting there talking in the cafeteria and then they're walking down the street and
1: then it's a hard hard cut yeah that's yeah, true and yeah. that's that's true of a, a lot of television right now and uh, the, you know that's a reaction to the DVR culture yeah you know cuz you can you can you can just speed through anything if you remember the early days of the VCR you know advertisers were were concerned that people were speeding through commercials and it caused a change in how commercials were made which required them to show the product longer Rather than do a story, so that while you were speeding through, you saw Miracle Whip. You saw the jar of Miracle Whip, and and they got their message through.
0: Right. That's right. It's strange. And, you know, I don't even see bread commercials on TV anymore. How are they selling bread nowadays?
1: Carbs are evil. I live in California. We're not allowed to have them.
0: <laughs> I understand that. But, you know, you used to be, you used to see a Schwabels commercial, for example, or Wonder Bread. That's what I said.
2: Money huh. bread. Money bread. <laughs> yes.
1: You're a St. Louisan.
2: I am.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I have not seen a bread commercial in years. I cannot recall the last time I saw a bread commercial. It's just very strange what's missing now. You just kind of think about these things. If you would have told me, like, 12 years ago that I'd be streaming CBS, I would think I would have to go see a doctor for that because it doesn't make much sense to me. (laughs) And and here I am. Bad news,
1: (laughs) Mr. Mills. Apparently you're streaming CBS.
0: Oh, no! Oh, no! Yeah, but it's going to cost you 9.99 a month extra for one show. So, what do you think about that, Tim? We've now we've now moved from everyone's wanting to cut the cable to all these other things are starting their own streaming service. So, yeah, you might cut the cable, but then you wind up having to have all these side channels, which is going to be more expensive than cutting the cable was.
1: You follow the money. Make no mistake that the television that everyone loves so much exists exclusively to sell the products on the commercials in between and make money for the networks. And if the networks are no longer making money because the spot commercials are no longer a viable medium... Or no longer a viable source of revenue, then they then subscription based is the only other opportunity they have to make money until they re reen, they reenact you know the the Pepsi Hour with you know whatever you know that yeah. where where shows are are actually sponsored by uh, by a product and you get the the Stephen Colbert Pepsi Hour
2: yeah and you know the other thing that they're doing too is they are just placing ads right in the script. John, don't leave the house. You haven't finished your Totino's Pizza Rolls. But, Mom, I'm going to be late for school. I mean, it's just its just integrated right into... Wasn't that... That was seamless, wasn't it? That was great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're right. They're so damn good. I can't not finish them. <laughs> finish
1: what? Your Totino's Pizza Rolls? That's right. My Totino's Pizza Rolls are delicious.
0: And they look at the camera like, Did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> but you know you mentioned like the the, the Colgate comedy hour or whatever those variety shows of days gone by are really back except now they're competition shows everything from Dancing with the stars to the voice to who wants to be a singer wasn't that one no that was uh American Idol. But there was, there was all those, all these old shows that used to be where you could see somebody dance or sing or do a skit. It's now moved into this sort of thing, and I enjoy those shows for what they are. But really, Dancing with the Stars kind of gives me that old TV feeling in a way. You know what I'm saying?
1: With the Absolutely. competition flair, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's weird. We would you say that we're still in the reality show? portion of our uh, culture because it seems like that has kind of faded out it seems like it's more competitive game type things like for example Halloween Wars those shows drive me insane because you could almost do a drinking game every time one of them speaks it's like we really have to do our best to win this competition no shit really (laughs) we really have to pull out all the stops no fooling
1: Yeah, look, we, TV is dumb, and comedians have been making jokes for sixty years about how dumb TV is. And the reality TV era has ushered in a whole new era of dumb. In Los Angeles, where we love our car chases, and there's one every damn day, uh, someone has invented car chase bingo, and there are actual bingo cards for the events that will happen in a in an actual police pursuit that's broadcast live on television. Wow. Have you guys wow. seen this? No. Oh, this is the coolest thing. All right. So the, at least three three of the seven broadcast TV stations here will break into programming whenever it is and follow a car chase with a helicopter. And over the course of, you know, since OJ, there's been a common denominator of what happens in car chases and someone's developed bingo cards with things like uh, a spike strip or uh, uh
0: Um, Will it be a white Bronco?
1: Will it be a white? White Bronco is one of them. Yeah. Or will there be traffic on the
2: 405?
1: (laughs) Yeah. gets stuck in traffic. Hits a cop car. Flicks a cigarette out the window. Is on the cell phone. Waves at the camera.
0: Abandons the vehicle.
1: Wearing a sleeveless undershirt. More than one passenger in the car. You know, and it. It's cool. I actually have an alert on my phone that pings me when ABC Seven has uh, a car chase, and I'm able to just get to where whatever medium I can do it. And uh, my wife and I will text back and forth on each other. We go, "Oh, we got we got bingo!" It is wow. it is a remarkable thing. So I encourage you to Google car chase bingo and uh, and check that out.
0: Who knew? Who knew? Yep.
1: Oh, I say all that, Ken, because I was going to make a, a a point about reality TV. The former Arts and Entertainment Network, if you're familiar with A&E. Yeah,
2: back when it was either arty or entertaining.
1: Right. Uh, Now, the most successful program on that is something called Live PD, which is hours-long blocks of camera crews following six or seven police departments around the country actually pulling people over and watching people get arrested.
2: Oh, dear God.
1: And, I mean, this is uh, – it's insane because, uh, you know, if you watch the channel outside of Live PD, what they're showing you are trailers for Live PD. And you can tell it's getting very successful because the commercial breaks are getting longer, mm. right? So there's, there's more pairs of eyes and they can sell more spots. And you start to notice a common denominator. Um, uh, folks, if you have weed or guns in your car, don't have a taillight out.
0: Yeah. That's just <laughs> so a just, handy –
1: that's just the handy advice yeah make sure make sure your plates are current that's that's what we
0: call a pop tip
1: yeah pop tip if there's if there's weeds or gun in your car and apparently based on what i've seen on live pd everyone except me has weed and guns in their car um make sure your plates are, are current and make sure your uh your taillights are, are functioning um so you don't get pulled over
0: wow what a weird world we live in it's a wild Indeed.
2: wild world
1: well, so, so there's, so there, the, and I don't mean to hijack this, Ken. I'm sorry, but the reality TV thing is far from over. I'm afraid.
2: Right, but I but hear I, I hear kayaking with the Kardashians is coming out as a <laughs> mid season replacement.
1: <laughs> we can only hope for very severe rapids.
0: <laughs> so the question I have to ask you is, how do you TV nowadays, Christine? How do you TV? How do how do you get it? Are you streaming? How much is DVRing? How much is live? Are you cable? Give us the whole rundown.
2: I mean, almost nothing is live. I will do, well, now this see, this season, I'm going to have a conundrum. I always do uh, Walking Dead live because I just, I have to have it immediately. But now I'm watching Star Trek Discovery, which is airing at the same time, more or less. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with Walking Dead Live, but everything else is 90% on my DVR. We do still have the the cable cord for my mom. I am ready to cut it, but I don't know what I'm going to do in the meantime, because I am going to have to pay for streaming services and track down the things that I'm getting currently on my DVR that I have not yet found on other streaming services, so I'm... I'm betwixt in between right now, Kim.
0: And don't forget the apps. Like, for example, you watch Absolutely. Yeah, on the CW app.
2: I do. I watch Riverdale on the CW app. You know, there's some things, some original programming that I watch on Hulu, and I'm all over the board. I'll take it wherever I can get it.
0: Tim, how about you? How do you TV? About five years ago, I cut the
1: cord because I got tired of paying the uh, cable extortion and put a uh, actually put an aerial up uh, on top of my house. And the thing about Los Angeles is I get a hundred and fifty four over the air channels. Wow, one hundred and fifty four. Nine of them are in English. <laughs> You know, it's fine. It's, it. you know, that I'm, this is a very diverse city and, and that's awesome. But I'll tell you the most of the TV that I watch are the retro networks, retro TV, me TV, decades, yeah. antenna TV, because that's, that's the stuff that comforts me. And, and, uh, I'm, there's a lot, uh, currently on TV that I just ain't worth my time. I'd rather watch the, you know, the first season of the Flintstones, which is brilliant over almost anything that's on the air right now. Mm-hmm. living where i live I, i'll make a point to watch a broadcast show that some of my friends are working on you know one of my neighbors is a director on on superstore so you know i'll check that out uh, i do have some streaming services but i will tell you hulu if you're listening i canceled my hulu because you took off Lancelot link
2: mm.
1: yeah
0: so in this case hulu you you lose you lose right. yeah
1: yeah it's true you know i've got netflix i've got uh, a couple of streaming services but uh, I, I keep it well below what a what a cable bill will cost. Christine, what part of town do you live in? A West County. You, you you might not get. I think if I remember right, everything is on the Super Stick in Shrewsbury. So if you point an aerial in the right direction, you'll probably get a pretty clear, pretty clear signal. Mm. Have you have you tried over the air TV?
2: Not for a long time. No. No.
1: Okay. Back when I was a boy, that was all we had was over-the-air right. TV.
2: <laughs> but it, it's now to a point where
0: it's uh, harder to get over-the-air TV. It, it's one of those conundrums that, wait a second, you mean I'll have to install an antenna, and then I'm actually going to have to go to the cable company and return my cable box? Ugh, those those things are prohibitive, you know what I mean? They're, they're counting. The cable company is counting on on you not wanting to actually leave your house to give them – Their cable box back. They're counting on it.
2: I've got rabbit ears, but I don't have an antenna on. I don't have an aerial. Can you
0: Um, get anything off your rabbit ears?
2: Nah, really. I the 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 you know no, not really. And to your point, Ken, you're right. Like I have AT&T UVerse. I have like the maximum biggest you know number of channels possible. And even looking to to just pare that down. I can't because they don't support Uverse anymore. I would have to totally get rid of Uverse and go to I guess is it Dish or DirecTV, whatever AT and T bought. And that now now you'd have to sign a contract and I'm not doing any of that crap, so I I gotta I gotta they, figure out what I'm gonna do here.
0: Yeah, they've kinda got you right now. As far as how I TV at this point, I still have the cable, but that's because I'm all, I'm an old guy that likes a landline. So that's covered in it, and then you've got the internet. So I basically was going to wipe out all of my cable, and they gave me a really sweet deal and took my bill down to a respectable thing, and we'll see how long it is before that creeps back up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I also Hulu. I also Netflix. I am now CBS All Access, and... I wonder how much more I can add on. I understand Disney's wanting to do it and all these other things. It, at some point, it's going to be cost prohibitive, and not only will we be cord cutting, but we will be app cutting and stream cutting, so it's it's just a matter of time.
2: And then there's everything on Roku, too, right? Yeah, all which is great. It, it's overwhelming, is what it is. yeah. <laughs> I you you asked me how do I TV and I I I wish there would have been a camera on me I'm sure I looked like a deer in headlights because everything I I do it all and I and I don't like it but, right. <laughs> but I want what's but I want what's there you know But so. I just
0: imagine my poor grandmother with a Roku and a PlayStation 3 remote and a TV remote she you know she had trouble with the setting the VCR clock. So it it would, it would definitely bamboozle her. We asked folks on our Facebook page, what shows they're excited about either premiering or coming back. And we're going to read some of your reactions. Michelle Taylor and many people wrote, This Is Us. The return of This Is Us. Sharon Munson, Ugh. so many people. You don't like This Is Us?
1: Ken, it, in my house, it is called The Crying Show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's everybody's, in, everybody's house. And, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Uh, I have uh, I have a standing appointment every, every Tuesday evening that keeps me out of the house until about 9.30. And when I come home, my lovely bride, who I, I adore with all of my heart is usually on the couch crying and silent. And I come home and I'm like, what did I do? What <laughs> happened? And it takes, you know, the rest of the episode for her to convince me. No, it's not you. It's these people and they're crying. And yeah, it's so, yeah. So this is us is the crying show at my house.
0: It is a show that I cannot recommend highly enough. Christine.
2: Absolutely. I, it's the crying show in everybody's house. But it is so well done. It is so well written, so excellently cast. every storyline, every episode is there's there hasn't been a dud in there yet. And no, you don't cry with every one of them, but you know you got to have some some room to breathe and you have to have some exposition to set up the next round. but it is it is brilliant TV mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. I agree. And the other show that I loved last year, and while I look at This Is Us as being like a really good meal, I look at Riverdale as a show in a similar way that is like really bad junk food, like like nachos. It's really not good for me, but I want to see it and I can't wait to see it. And you actually have a show that you do. With uh, you and Bob do a show called Hiram's
1: Lodge. Yeah, Bob Peterson and I uh, are, are are two middle aged men who grew up reading Archie comics and uh, and we kind of deconstruct every episode of Riverdale as they come out. And uh, if you want to jump on uh, with the season two premiere, uh, that should be up by the time you hear this um, and and we, I mean, we have such a deep love and deep knowledge of. Uh, it's it's kind of frightening how much we know about the Riverdale universe before the show even airs, and how we get all the in jokes and things like that. And yeah, Ken, you're right. It is uh, it is TV junk food for sure. It's not uh, it's not Shakespeare. It's not high drama. It's it's in fact, if anything, it's melodrama with a bit of teen angst, uh, with a tongue firmly planted in the cheek with uh, all revolving around the spooky adventures of Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica and Reggie and Moose all uh, at Riverdale High. It's a fascinating, just, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun.
0: It's Dawson Creek on steroids. Right. Dawson Creek meets, uh, we meets Twin, Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks is kind of yeah, how Bob, Bob describes it. Yeah, and I love it. So check out Hiram's Lodge. You won't be sorry.
1: You'll be sitting in soon, Ken. That's right. Archie, Jughead, Betty, and Veronica, those lovable scalawags from Riverdale that we all grew up with are now on television, and you can enjoy their madcap adventures every... What? Archie, Archie has an affair with who? What? Who's dead? What? There's a... Oh, God. All right, so the CW has a show called Riverdale. It features our friends Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica and all their friends from Riverdale High School, but apparently there's some very sinister things afoot. Make sure you download Hiram's Lodge, the Riverdale After Show, where comedian Tim Powers, that's me, and author Robert J. Peterson, that's him, discuss these shows as only two college-educated grown men can do. It's Hiram's Lodge, the Riverdale After Show, available wherever you get your podcast.
0: Returning shows: Mom, Life and Pieces, Elementary, The Goldbergs. That's one that's a big hit with a lot of people. I think that it speaks to a lot of a lot of people grew up in the eighties, and it it's weird that they never mention any year that anything happens on that show. Have you noticed? It's
2: nineteen eighty something.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much it's nineteen eighties, and the right. beast and the Beastie Boys and Madonna had this happening, and and uh, Speechless is another one that was mentioned, and. Some shows are returning, you know, we've seen the return of the Full House show, but now we've seen the return of Will and Grace. It's kind of like on a reunion tour, if you will. What do you think of it, Christine?
2: I like it. I, but I liked it when it was original and I was really, I, I was cautiously optimistic. The cast has still got all of the same chemistry and that was really what was the best part of the show for me. Mm-hmm. They, they play so well off of one another yes it is ridiculous it it is like i love lucy uh meets the playboy champ uh in in a lot of ways it's it's still very fun the, i think the writing is good and and the cast is great it's it's i'm happy with it
0: jennifer Sousa Rainier says she's excited for will and grace and looking for young sheldon a lot of people are looking forward to that
2: I've checked out the pilot of it and and it's I, I'll I'll stick around but they're kind of they took a little bit of a break. I'm not sure why. They left out there with the pilot and now like it's going to be 2 or 3 weeks and it's going to start up for real.
0: Probably football season or basketball or something. something. And then you, and then you'll have holiday specials, you know. Right, right. Anthony Porter writes, the new season of Gotham looks cool with Bruce Wayne in the early stages of becoming Batman. He's also looking forward to the Inhumans. Jane Knight says, Star Trek, Gotham, in The Good Place. People are glad to see the Big Bang Theory is returning. Another show called The Good Doctor, which that, that, that kid was in uh, Bates Motel, so I would not want to wake up and see that guy be my doctor. You know what I mean? <laughs> is, is
1: he married to the good wife?
0: I know. The Do they two, live
2: in the good place? Yeah,
0: com, two completely different shows, and Sharon Munson and Thomas O'Reilly both are interested in the Good Doctor, and sadly, the middle is wrapping up their series. This is the last year for them, so so that's kind of sad.
2: Well, I think we've got to spend just a minute talking about um, kind of the standouts for each of us, if we we can do that quickly. Yeah. There are probably three new shows that have really captured my attention. One is Me, Myself, and I – And that is Bobby Moynihan and John Larroquette, and I don't know who the kid is, but the premise is all three of these actors are playing the same character at different points in their life, or at different points in his life. Oh, wow. Yes. And it's it's very good. And in some ways, there's a nod there to This Is Us, right? Mm -hmm. Multiple storylines of the same characters, different ages. Right. Uh, so check that one out another one that i'm really liking is kevin probably saves the world now this is the, the premise here is kevin is uh, the last righteous person on earth. They're supposed to be 36 at any given time. Somehow, something that we don't know yet, what has happened to all the rest of them, but he is the last one and he is going to probably save the world. It is funny. It's starring John Ritter's son. I can't think of his name. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but so it's it's funny. It is very heartfelt for for a time we are in right now in the world where there's so much anger and angst and animosity just out there in the air. This show is offering hope and humor and heart, and I I really I really really am enjoying it a lot. Uh-huh. the The third one that I would pick for this fall is the Orville. Uh-huh. I know that it's you know there's there is Star Trek Discovery and I'm watching that too and I'm warming up to that, but the Orville for me is closer to classic Star Trek. I think that they are doing a great job of with episodic uh, television. I prefer that for this store this type of a show as opposed to story arcs what's his name ken help me out seth mcfarland thank you seth mcfarland loves star trek you can tell and the the uh, the crew is helmed by some star trek alumni as well so they i think that it is between those two the better of the two hmm.
0: tim do you have any favorites for this year uh the
1: first two are riverdale uh, so <laughs> I encourage you, I encourage everybody to to check out Riverdale for me, you know, growing up on Archie comics, it's, it's like going back to the hometown that I grew up in and seeing that, uh, the people I went to high school with are still kind of weird, but weird in a different way. Now mm-hmm. the other show, and we've spoken exclusively about primetime, but I got to tell you one of the shows that I really dig right now, and it is absolutely TV cotton candy is justice league action on the mm. cartoon network it's little 10 minute vignette episodes featuring various characters in the dc universe and they are well written they are light they are fun if you are a fan of silver age comics as i know ken and i both are this is a neat fun little punch em up where the stories aren't too heavy they're 10 minutes long but man are they enjoyable man they're good you know this is a guy who's pushing 50 telling you to to watch a cartoon
0: I definitely need to check that out. Joe Fiore writes Star Trek Discovery. Brian Harwell says that he's glad that the Big Bang Theory is back again. He says it's the best comedy show on television right now. He's looking forward to young Sheldon. And he's sad that the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has yet to return. Jane Knight says Star Trek, Gotham, and The Good Place. Also, the new Sons of Anarchy, the Mayans. So that's kind of like a spin-off of Sons of Anarchy, which is set in the aftermath of Jax Teller's death at the end of Son of Anarchy's seven-season run in 2014. Cool. Yep. Darcy Thompson was glad to see the return of This Is Us. She thought young Sheldon was just okay. And she loves that the mom is played by Lori Metcalf's daughter, who Lori pl- Metcalf plays Sheldon's mother on Big Bang Theory, and her daughter plays Sheldon's mom in... Young Sheldon. So That's cool. Yeah. I,
2: didn't, I didn't pick up on that.
0: Keith Combs liked Young Sheldon, disappointed with the Orville. David Levin likes This Is Us. Timeless Star Trek Discovery will be the first time that he may watch a Star Trek show. He's only seen a few episodes of the original series, but have seen all of the movies. He's also looking forward to The Good Place. Eric Horner writes, I, Zombie is Good, and a newer one, which is on Netflix, BoJack Horseman. I've heard a lot of good things about that. Marianne Crowley writes, This is Us, Fuller House, The Return of Will and Grace, Season 13 of Supernatural. That's a big thing in my house. And, of course, Gotham and all of the CW superhero shows. They've really got their own thing going on over there. Yeah, they do. And Carolyn DiBiase-Negron writes, Will and Grace, I guess mostly because they work so well together. So That's true. They do. So we're talking about how you've got Star Trek Discovery and you've got the Orville. And it's weird because people tend to break things into it's either this or that, when you can have both, right? You can have steak and cheesecake, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and just not, just not in the same bite. The Orville is more like classic television where you have something starts in the beginning and it wraps up by the end of the episode. You know that mm-hmm. you're going to be in and out unless it's a strict two-parter. But Star Trek Discovery is taking on the television model of The Walking Dead from everything where you have Star Trek Discovery and then After Trek, just like there's The Walking Dead and then The Watching Dead show, which follows The Walking Dead. And instead of getting something like a resolved plot every episode, you're going to have to watch an entire season arc. So it's stopped being episodic and is now serialized. What do you think? Do you do you enjoy that over the other?
2: I prefer for this. I prefer episodic. I am a fan of serialized television. I don't have a problem with that, but beyond episodic versus serial, I prefer The Orville because it is lighter. It is still dealing with the moral conundrums and the different cultures that they are encountering. That was in the classic Star Trek series. But Discovery is just dark. To me, that's where it reminds me of Walking Dead. It's not what I'm looking for when I'm looking for Trek. Right. They are slowly coming around and, and bringing me in, making me more interested in the storylines and and the characters I wish that they had done it a little faster, Mm -hmm. but I'm still, but I'm still there. I'm still with it. And, and you're right. They, they each are their own thing. And, and I do like them both.
0: One thing that I'm starting to see a bit of hope on Discovery, where it's a very dark thing and it's at the beginning of a war. And from what I've read, the producers are trying to explain how we got to the time of Kirk where there is peace and respect for all with the occasional skirmish with the Romulans and or Klingons this is setting that up so this there's a war that's been started I don't want to give away too much but there's a war that's been started and the Klingons are completely different I, I think that Star Trek Discovery is asking a lot of a 50-year-old fan base to absorb. Yes. Some people can get with it and some people cannot. For example, they recently said the f-word and my god, you would have thought that they were sacrificing live babies on the show. It's just a word, folks, and uh but some people really got tremendously upset about it. And however you feel about that, I understand whether it's from a moral standpoint or just you just want maybe want to watch it with your kids and not have to explain it, but on the other hand, if that's your reasoning for not letting your kid watch Star Trek Discovery, we've seen yeah. we've seen human bodies turned inside out due to some sort of thing. We've seen the torture, torture. Of, of a terror guard. We've seen uh, murders right and left. And we've also seen sex between a human and a Klingon in a scene that appears to be rape and torture. And there's also the fact that the Klingons ate a human. So if the F word is the thing that's really throwing you off and not letting your kids you know, you're not letting your kids watch Discovery because of the F word, I think you need to back up and question some of those other things. But it it's definitely a darker world than we're used to seeing. So I, I do like the character Saru.
2: I love Saru. Doug Jones is I, I just I just think the world of him I have some some personal background with him slightly by by association because he was in a movie with my niece, and he's a doll. So I, and I love the way he's playing Saru.
0: Well, at first Saru was the most annoying character. I would have loved <laughs> to throw him out of an airlock. You know what I'm saying? See you later. <laughs> Beam this guy out of here. But this last couple episodes have really shown me the best part of him, of of that character. So yes. I will say this, that Star Trek Discovery just recently wrapped up its mid-season finale, and boy, it was a humdinger, and it took us very much by surprise, and I know we both liked the characters a lot more than we did when the show first came on the air, so that's fantastic. Tim, is there anything you'd like to say about Star Trek Discovery versus the Orville?
1: I I got nothing to say about Orville or Star Trek.
0: I really enjoyed talking about TV in 2017, and... The fall premiere and the TV guide and all that stuff. Thank you, Christine, and thank you, Tim. It's now time for the Christmas specials to be coming on. Let us know what your favorite holiday specials are. We'll be putting up a poll about that. So we will see you on the next episode of Pop. Thank you for being part of the discussion here today.
1: Thank you very much for letting me be a part of it, Ken. I'm I'm, good talking to
2: you, Tim.
1: Hey, have an Emos Pizza for me, would you? I'm dying for one. You
2: betcha. What do you want on it?
1: Uh, sausage and uh, sausage and onion please perfect Hot. Hot. I love later it.
0: tell a friend if they like a good podcast you know, you know one that's popping find us on iTunes do a search for pop staff and we pop right up see you soon and happy holidays
2: love it bye see ya bye and that's our show pop is an online nonprofit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. POP, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the POP staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever POP is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf. saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. Say goodnight, Dick.
0: We'll see you on the next episode of Pop, your pop culture podcast. Bye. Bye. Fuck off, Ken. (laughs)
1: hold on, hold on. <laughs> give, give me a beat give me a beat okay bye see you later ken
2: <laughs> hey pop heads we know you love the hottest pop culture podcast pop now tell the world get your own pop swag t-shirts mini skirts mugs tote bags and more at redbubble.com just search for Designs by Ken, all one word. And remember, you can get your own free pop button from Christine the Button Queen. Simply pay $3 shipping and handling for each button via PayPal at zilchorders at gmail.com. Find us on the web at poppodcast.blogspot.com on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts can be heard. Join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash poppodcast and like us on Twitter at popstafftweets.
1: When you want to hear the latest and newest jangle, hooky, melodic rock and roll, along with classic power pop music, you can always dial in to Rick's Records Podcast. Available now on iTunes. Subscribe today!